my experience in the church, I've learned a few things. And one thing I've learned is when it comes to the church, there are just some things you don't bring up in church. Hmm? And, um, you know, I don't know why. Maybe you don't want to offend somebody. Maybe you don't want to say something wrong. Maybe you don't want to be uncomfortable. There's just some things you don't say in church. Well, you know me. I <laughs> Yes, you do know me. Don't worry, though. I, I, don't, I don't think we'll get too much. But, you know, I don't think we should be afraid to talk about some of those things in church because if we can't talk about them here, where else in the world can you? So, you know, we don't shy away from those. And, and one of those, in, in a way, is the M-word. You bring up the M-word in church, boy, you know, people start getting a little, little tense, you know, and well, why is he bringing that up? And if a pastor, if a pastor ever brings up the M-word in church, it's kind of like, well, what's he got to say about that? Go on and say it, get it over with, and let's move on. You can't be talking about that M-word like that here in church, right? You all know what the M-word is, right? Money? I ain't scared to talk about money. Ain't nothing but paper with ink on it, right? Any guesses? Mary. You talk about Mary in a Protestant church, and boy, people, well, okay, she's in the Bible. Let's talk about it, but don't talk about it too much because, you know, we don't want to, like, lift her higher than we can because that's the other church, and we're not allowed to do that. People just get nervous when you talk about Mary in church. And, you know, I'm usually pretty... Uh, tactful with my words, and I, I want them to portray the, the message I really want to give. And so when I say that that's ridiculous, that's what I mean. Because the life of Mary, you too, Mary, but the Mary we just read about, the life of Mary serves as a great example and witness to the faith for the church then and for the church now. So much so that you and I could just kind of, we just heard Mary's account with the angel Gabriel. And we think, wow, that's pretty cool. But did you just realize, you just heard the account, Mary's account with the angel. Isn't that kind of odd? Knowing the culture and the mindset of the biblical world, to tell a story from the women's point of view, woman's point of view, isn't that kind of not usual? You remember John the Baptist? His uh, coming into the world had kind of the same beginning. Remember an angel appeared to his parents. But whose story do we hear about from there? The guy who, remember his dad, who got his, he was mute for nine months? You don't hear about Elizabeth, do you? Not really. But in this account, we have Mary's version of the story. And even... After Jesus comes back, you know, he's done his Jesus thing, he's come back, he's ascended and he's gone. In, in Luke's other book, the book of Acts, he says that the church carried on and they prayed and they fasted, the disciples and the women, and guess who? Mary, the mother of Jesus. There was something about Mary. I think more than just her being the mother of Jesus, I think that was a big thing, but I think there was something about Mary that people in the early church looked to. And that's why, part of the reason why we have Mary's version of this story. And so I think we can look at this story and think, okay, 
There was something about Mary then. What can we learn from Mary now and her discipleship and how we live our lives for God? And I think we can do that by starting out with the angel's word. Gabriel, he's been doing this angel business for a while. You think he learned a new tactic. He just comes and, you know, he kind of scares her. And, you know, <laughs> could be scared too, but you call me unfaithful, whatever, but, you know. She's out there one day doing her you know, round yon virgin thing, and this Gabriel appears and it says, Hey, favored one of God, you have found favor with God. Now I want you to do a little imagining with me. You can close your eyes if you want, if you haven't already. Um, you can just kind of, yeah. Just, just, just. <laughs> Ronnie, get out from behind the trees. If you can just imagine. You're somebody that loves God, right? And you want to demonstrate that love. So, you know, you're at church. You know, you lead Sunday school. You, you sing in the choir. You, you, you do fundraisers. You work in committees. You decorate. You, you do all this business because you love God. And you want to serve God. Let's just say that's you. And somebody comes up and says, Billy, you have found favor with God. Stephen, you have found favor with God. Claude, you have found favor those words mean to you? Well, for Mary, you got to believe, based on what we read when we first started our service, her response to that, part of her response, you got to believe that those words meant a lot to her. Those words, as Luke tells us, things that she kept with her. She pondered them, and they inspired her to continue to do her work. You have found favor with God. Now watch this. Let's talk about what the favor of God brought Mary. And, you know, if, if you so desire, you can open your eyes again. Um, if not, we can get you a pillow, I guess. But. Let's talk about Mary's favor. The favor of God brought to Mary changed immediately it made her an outcast because now if, if we understand Jewish culture right she is probably 11 12 13 maybe maybe 16 years old she's not married yet and she's pregnant now in our world that's still kind of you know that has some some negative feelings to a lot, for a lot of people. But can you imagine in the biblical world? So like that, she's an outcast. The favor of God. Then the favor of God has her traveling with her husband, maybe on a donkey. Some people say, well, she might not even have a donkey. She's, she's walking 70, 80 miles, pregnant, 
the favor of God over mountains, over hills, through valleys, the favor of God. Then she can't go back home. She's got to go to a new place to start a new life, leave everything else behind. The favor of God has brought her to this new strange place. Then the favor of God has her watch this son grow up. And this son grows up. And he matures. And people begin to follow him. And as more and more people begin to follow him, the favor of God puts Mary, where she watches that son get arrested, get beaten, humiliated, rejected. And it's the favor of God that has Mary standing at the foot of that son's cross, watching him die. Maybe then, you and I would do well to think a little more what the favor of God really means to us. So many people, we talk about being blessed, the favor of God. We hear guys on TV, and we hear people just kind of, I'm, I'm blessed. And I think sometimes we get the wrong idea of what it means to be blessed. We have in our mind a lot of times that bigger is better, that the best is blessed. And if I have the best, if I have the biggest, then I'm blessed. And I'm not going to try to tell you that's not true. I'm not suggesting that, that that's not true. What I am kind of throwing at you to kind of think about is maybe, just maybe, blessings aren't always the biggest. We, we make mention that many people who rejected Jesus rejected him because he didn't fit their model of what the Messiah was supposed to look like. He wasn't coming in on the big white horse with the big sword to overrun the government. He wasn't coming in to take over the world. He came born in a trough. And they missed him. Might I suggest that you and I today because we, we have the tendency to believe that only the biggest and the best equals being blessed, that we miss Jesus. I bet if you think about your life right now, I bet you could find something where maybe you've overlooked it, maybe you've ignored it, maybe you just haven't thought of it as a blessing because... It's not the best circumstance, or it's not the best thing. It's not the best house. It's not the best car. It's not the best job. It's not the best circumstance. And we think, man, if I could just get something better, then I'd be blessed. But it's not how it always worked out for Mary. And I don't think it's how it always works out for us. Maybe if we can kind of just step back from all that, we can see that the real presence is the presence of God. 
Another thing about Mary that we always consider is Luke tells us that she pondered these words and she thought about them. She kept them. I think that's a very good quality for us to have. To be able to hear this God stuff and to try to figure out what it means for us, what it means for our lives, what it means for our families. And to do that, sometimes you just got to sit down, dip your lip, and, okay, what does this mean? That's why, if you noticed, I ask you guys a lot of questions. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. Thursday morning, I thought Stella was going to hurt me. We're in Bible study, and I'm asking questions. I thought she was going to get that cast from Dory and just start, boy. But see, these questions should help you do the thinking yourself. You don't need my answers. Maybe you do. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You don't need my answers. But if you and I can think about this stuff together, get somewhere, and then talk about it, I think both of us benefit more. So that's what all the questions are about. They're about teaching all of us how to ponder, how to think about what this God stuff means for us. Thank you, Mary teaching us that. But Mary, if you, if you notice, she did more than just think about these things. She did more than just keep them in her heart. She did more than just ponder. She responded to these words and to these thoughts by offering her life to God. It's, it's thought that Mary's response to the angel at the end is kind of a, a response that you just you, you automatically give when you know you lost. You lost the argument. It's kind of like, yes, dear. You know, you just, you, you're going to lose, so might as well just give up now. Mary's saying, well, here I am. It's going to happen anyway. Yes, dear. Yes, God. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. But she offered herself to God. Now, you and I have had a chance today to think about and to consider what the real message of Christmas really means. Not so much just the birthday of Jesus, but the promise of God revealed. And I hope that when you leave today, you'll still consider what that means, but that also, like Mary, you would offer yourself to God as well. And, and, and I know how it is. You know, we, we want to do that. We come here, we sing songs, we hear this stuff. And think, man, okay, we're going to do it. We're, we're going we're gonna, to, things are going to change. I'm going I'm to pray more. I'm going to try to read the Bible more. I'm, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this and that. And then, you know, you get outside, life happens, stuff happens. People say this, people do that. Work happens, you know, just things just kind of get in the way. And I know it can be real difficult, but I want to give you two pieces of encouragement, I hope, that will help each one of us continue in our strive to give everything to God. And the first thing is this. Please, don't ever, 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 never, never, ever count God out. God has a way of getting things done. He has a way of working to make sure that what needs to happen happens. Just ask Mary. Don't ever count God 
And then, don't ever count yourself out either. The message has been given to you. The Son has been given to you. The Word was made known to you. God believed in you enough to offer you that promise. Don't ever give up on God or give up on yourself. If you can do that, that's the best Christmas gift you could ever give yourself. In Jesus' name.
then we move down to this other book, the book of Acts, where the folks go along and pray these passages to the disciples and the women. And guess who?
maybe, maybe six, three years old. She's not married yet, but it's her first. And in our world, that's still kind of, you know, that has some, some negative feelings to that for a lot of people. But can you imagine? You couldn't. So watch the clock.
work out for every single just kind of get in the way. I know what it is, but I'm just looking straight ahead. Oh, my. Right ahead to each one. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and close this.